Welcome to Race Industry Now, the weekly webinar series from ePortrade, presented to you by ARP, Performance Plus Global Logistics, PIC, Fifth Third Bank Motorsport Group, and Shop Monkey. I am Francisque Savignan, the founder and CEO of ePortrade, the global platform for the performance and racing industry. This is episode 331, and we're going to be talking engine performance with Foget. With me this morning are Judy Kin, the co-founder of ePortrade, and a wonderful host, Mr. Jeff Hammond. Judy. Thank you, Francisque, and thank you everybody for joining this morning. I'm really proud of this tech webinar. I've known Steve Williams, Forever. Everybody knows Steve Williams. Been at KN forever. He's a drag racing champion. And he today, along with Gary Stenick, engines, we all know a well-known family name of engine builders. And they've created a new product. And I'm excited to have them on today. And they're both uh, just good industry leaders that we have on. So good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Judy. Good morning, Francis. Uh, yeah, I'm excited about being here also because uh, in my little, say, pee-picking brain, uh, you know, doing a little research on this company, you know, I am very impressed. I also know a little bit about, you know, what the product consists of, but I really want to hear it firsthand from, you know, Gary and uh, and Steve because coming up with something like this, I think, is really so beneficial to not only the competitive side of the world, but I think it's got more product usage than what maybe even they thought about. And I got a couple of suggestions. How about that? Sounds good. We're just waiting for Gary and then we can get started. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having us. It's a great opportunity. Thanks, Thanks for the kind words. Well, they're true. You're one of my first visits with Steve Lewis back in my days at PRI. So yep. good morning, Gary. Good morning. Have you on? Well, Jeff Hammond, you're in charge. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to this. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? I'm good. And you? I'm doing great. Steve, how about yourself? Good. <clears throat> well, let's get down to brass tacks real quick here, guys. I mean, you've got experience. You've got success in the world of, of, of racing. Let's put it that way, especially in drag racing. You both are champions. Um, You've been around the business as long as I have, which is a long time. And again, uh, that's nothing to be uh, making fun of. It's the fact that, you know, your credentials speak for themselves. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about the product, Foggy. Why Foggy? I mean, what did, what led you guys to, to doing this? And uh, you know, enlighten us a little bit about getting to what I consider developing a product that is very, very successful. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, thanks for having us, Jeff. I think one of the things that we all have in common is that a lot of times in racing, we have to solve our own problems. And I think one of the things that draws us into racing is that development and changing and getting ahead. And, you know, whether it's engine related, transmission cars, I mean, it's this kind of a passion we have with going faster, making things better, making them last longer. And, you know, having been around racing, you know, clear back to my early years as a teenager back at Lions Dragster, which is how far back I go. You know, it's always been a passion. And Gary and I have been friends for 30 years, raced against each other in NHRA competition. Um, so we've always been in the industry and then long history with K&N and started in engineering and developing new products. And, um, 
you know, one of the things we really struggled with going back even 10, 15 years ago was this trace amount of rust that we kept seeing inside of not just, you know, our own engines, but of course, Gary, a professional engine builder, when he would take his customer engines apart. And, uh, you know, we chased it. I mean, I will tell you, at first I thought it was related to, you know, uh, multi-layer gaskets, head gaskets, water weeping in, you know, all, you know, everybody comes up with their different ideas. And while those things can contribute and even humidity and high humidity climates, uh, one of the things we really noticed was that in between usage or in storage, when we would take these engines apart, and we have some pictures to show, you end up with this witness marks of rust. And, you know, rust is, 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 you know, really difficult to keep out of an engine, but when it gets inside, it really takes a, you know, a toll on the ring wear. So that's actually what prompted us to try to solve the problem. And I'll let Gary jump in here. So, you know, after 40 years of engine building, and we saw it a lot, uh, the engines come back and, and, and a lot of racers and engine builders over the years have recommended fogging. And uh, so we tried all the different fogging oils, you know, the marine stuff and the household commercial products and, and water displacement products. And none of them really seemed to work. They might be temporary. They might work for a day or two, but they wouldn't work long-term. So um, I kind of dove into the, to the research department and started trying to figure out what it was really caused from. And it's really basically acids. And we can go into that more in a little bit, but basically um, started experimenting around with different chemicals to try to fix this ourselves. I got with Steve and we teamed up and uh, we went to, uh, we, we made our own version and then we finally went to a chemical company and, and spent a year and a half um, in research R and D to get it right. Because that's what Steve and I both share is to do things as correct as possibly, you know, we, we can do it and did a lot of work to make sure it was the best product out there um, by a, by a long shot, not just as good as others, but we made it, we, we feel like we made the best product you could make. Okay. With that being said, how do you know that? Tell us, tell us a little bit more about, you know, what, what separates your product from any other product out there claiming to do the same thing as yours does. So basically let's, let's just back up a little bit on the, the part of it. It's, it's all about hydrocarbon combustion and mm -hmm. the, the race fuels we burn are hydrocarbon based, right? So when, when you combust hydrocarbons, it, it, it breaks out the hydrogen and turns the hydrogen into water. So you also have in the fuel itself, there's trace amounts of sulfur and in the oil and even in the newer breaking oils and stuff, they put a little bit more sulfur in because it does help in some lubrication departments. If you take and combust sulfur and add in water, that we've gotten from the hydrogen, you have sulfuric acid. So now you have sulfuric acid, and then along with uh, nitric acid, organic acid, and even uh, carbonic acid from the carbon dioxide. So this engine is a little acid factory, basically. The internal combustion engine is producing it. So we, we dove into, let's neutralize the acids and try to deter the oxidation. The most common racer out there just thinks that, well, I got high humidity, or I don't have humidity, or or what it is, it's really about the acids. That's why the inside of uh, mild steel headers will rust and the whole industry is kind of gravitated towards stainless. But so that rust is what we needed to, to fix. And, uh, and and high combustion temperatures actually speed up the oxidation process. It's, it's directly proportional. The higher the temperature, the faster that the oxidation occurs. So we tackled that with some really good chemicals 
and uh, chemical analysis. And then, then it went through a, a year and a half of, of testing in a laboratory, saltwater testing. And now it's been out in the real world for a year. And we keep hearing time and time again from all the different engine builders that we've dealt with from pro stock through the sportsman engine builders. Um, we, get, we get a lot of comments like that when they used to try to use commercial products or even other fogging agents, that they would foul the plugs and or hurt horsepower. And it would either take a dyno pole or two to clean the engine back out. So there, mm -hmm. some of them were hesitant to fog, right? Um, what we've produced, and I, and as an engine builder, I have a dyno. We dyno weekly, um, sometimes daily, and we've tested it back to back. It doesn't lose any horsepower. And our race cars show that in their ET slip from day to day to day in a quarter mile. So um, many of the pro stock teams took it, uh, fogged the engine after some uh, dyno testing that day, waited an hour, fired it back up. It made the exact same power. It did not hurt power, but yet it did protect the cylinder wall. People uh, and the engine builders that have had the engines back apart haven't seen any sign of rust. Uh, even above the top ring land, which is very rare because that's what sees the most amount of heat and oxidation. So it's really real world testing with some laboratory testing, but we're not seeing horsepower loss. We're seeing protection and uh, it's, it's been just flat better than everything. I did a lot of R&D. Um, there's some products that the NASCAR guys used from Europe. I bought those. I tested those. I tested all the different marine oils. So did Steve. We tested everything we could test. And I think we have the superior product. Yeah. You know, the one thing I would add, Jeff, is that when there's a, there's a couple of different factors that also make this product better. And one of them is we spent a lot of time getting the consistency. And is, if the fogging oil is too thick, if you're using it in between races and, and you're spraying it down underneath the throttle blades, it'll just stick inside the manifold and won't actually get inside the cylinders. Uh, if, if it's too thin, it'll get down in the cylinders, but it won't cling to the cylinder walls. You know, and one of the things we do, and especially this year at, at trade shows, is we show that we developed this middle road where it actually clings. It has an agent inside the formula that helps it cling to the cylinder walls when it goes down inside the engine. Now, you know, you can apply it underneath the throttle body. You can take spark plugs out three seconds in each hole, turn the engine over, but it doesn't do any good. So, what you, so when you ask the question, why is it better? It's a premium product and we put the top of the line chemicals in. We didn't, we didn't, we're trying to make a five or $6 can of household lubricant. We're trying to make a real true design for high performance engine product that was specifically to solve this problem of, of protecting against rust. And then we actually added an accelerate to the formula so that when you, when you go to start the race car, it fires right up and burns off almost immediately. So there's a few things that set it apart from Gary's point of traditional, really heavy, thick fogging oils. Like if you're going to put something in storage for a year or two uh, versus what you can use in between every time you use the engine. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it does. I mean, and I'm glad you explained it like that because I was real curious, you know, what's the best way to put it in as far as applications concerned? Mm -hmm. But is it something that you can put in there and know you're going to store this vehicle, you know, possibly six months to a year before the next time it gets cranked up? And, you know, those kind of things like that, I think, are are, are very important because as I'm going to, I want to finish all saying before I get in a couple of questions that I was kind of curious about as far as the application is concerned. But, I think one of the things is 
somebody was asking me uh, when I was reading through all this stuff and I saw where a question was to your company, uh, is this, is this got silicone in it? Is it got, you know, is it got some form of silicone inside of it? I mean, I think a lot of people are concerned about that. Absolutely not. There is zero silicone. And as Steve said a, a second ago, we did um, in the beginning, you know, we were cost conscious. And as we went down this road to make it the best product we could make it, we decided that, that the, the price point wasn't what we wanted to base our product on. So we went with the, the highest end chemicals we could to make it the best product we could make it. Yeah. Well, I mean, let me stop you. Let me, let me, let me interject something right real quick. Cause everybody out there probably like me, I've never seen an engine cost a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, so if you want to, if you're wanting to have inexpensive uh, pieces of, uh, I mean, if you want to have a race engine, it's worth a, worth a tinker's dam, you know, it's going to cost you money. So to me, you know, why would you want to put something that's not protecting your investment and making it perform like you want it to? So, I mean, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, I'm glad that, you know, you took it to the next level. You know, yeah, you can cut a corner, but please don't cut a corner in the area of what I depend on making a living. No. Exactly. exactly. I mean, you, with your background, Jeff, you understand, and people on this, look at, we spend so much time and effort. Look at the effort we spend just in in getting those rings to seal and the type of rings that we buy now. And these engines are so much more expensive. The components are so much more expensive, but we all know that, I mean, rust is iron oxide. And when that, when the ring goes up and down, that rust comes back off the cylinder wall and it joins with the engine oil and it turns into basically a sanding rouge. It's basically sandpaper. And so, I mean, when you're spending thousands of dollars getting, you know, not only getting the proper hone and the right ring for whatever combination you're running, you know, why wouldn't you want those rings to last a little bit longer by protecting it with a really premium product? Now, look at household lubricants. Something's better than nothing. I mean, Gary and I like to say you do need to do something, whether you're using, right. you know, a reg something you can buy at a hardware store, but, you know, or, or your own concoction, a trans fluid, whatever. But but it's not going to work as well as something specifically designed for the application. And that's what that's the point. No, and I, and I can appreciate that because there again, you know, uh, my most recent tenure and when I was with the truck series, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, you run this week. Well, you know, that's the same engine you're going to run next week. I mean, it's not like back in the old days when you race that weekend and you tear that thing down on Monday and you start rebuilding it. It's, it's not going to have that opportunity to, to, you know, have an issue. But exactly. in the case of a lot of these series right now, you know, you're not allowed to touch that thing for, you know, two races, three races, you know, you mileage it out. And, you know, a lot of times it goes maybe weeks at a time or even maybe a month before this engine will get run again. So yeah. something like this here, I mean, it's, it's got to be a, in, in the engine builder's mind, uh, a lifesaver because now all of a sudden you got a peace of mind that that thing's sitting over in a corner and it's not rusting. You know, when you fire it up, you know, what, what's going to happen? You know, there's a certain amount of, comfort is what I feel from what I'm understanding. Yeah. Plus, keep in mind that that most of our drag racing, the sportsman drag racers, they have one engine or maybe two, but they run an entire season or sometimes two two seasons before they freshen the engine up. And uh, some of the races, NHRA Adventure, two to three weeks, four weeks apart. But even the guy that that uh, can't afford to, to freshen often, uh, they'll have spare motors. Some of my customers have three engines. And so those are the ones sitting in the trailer. It's kind of funny. Uh, 
a well-known NHRA world champion slash announcer on TV. I won't mention his name, but uh, <laughs> he was at PRI um, uh, interviewing us. And he told us that his spare motor that rode around in the trailer. Now I tried to give this man a free can of fog at the track earlier in the year. He really wasn't interested, but when he got his spare motor out of the trailer and took it to the, to the shop to be rebuilt, it was rusted solid. They had to replace all the sleeves in it. And so and nobody's immune to this. And people tell me all the time, I live in Denver, I live in Phoenix, I don't have humidity or Las Vegas. It's not the humidity. The humidity is an accelerant. It's like putting gas on the fire. But if you have any kind of sulfuric acid in there, it just, it's begging for more humidity to light it up. And so, yeah, I mean, and and our, the surprise to, it wasn't a big surprise, but it's been a, the, the mild surprise has been that probably more engine builders are excited about it than the end user, the racer. The engine builders are thrilled, and that's the one we've really had a, a bigger upsell in, in uh, relationships with right right away. We're already getting some some questions here, guys, and I uh, kind of like made a <laughs> promise to myself: if we get four or five questions, I want to pause and really answer those questions. I don't want to get so far down the road that you know either people lose interest or think we're not going to pay attention to them. Sure. But I know uh, JH, which is not me. He just he put his two cents worth in saying an NHRA stocker motor can cost thirty thousand dollars now, and you want to save five dollars? That's pretty silly. Which is the same thing I said. But we've also got uh, somebody wanting to know about the different types of cans you have. One with the straw, one with the flip up type deal. Um, Is there is there a difference as far as its usage, or is is this a a a change as far as you've learned something in, in in making them? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the best, you know, the best explanation is, is that when we finally, after all the R&D and we use this ourselves, when we got ready to launch the product was right at the tail end of, of the pandemic. And of course, there were some supply chain issues and, you know, we wanted the smart straw from the beginning and, and, but at the same time, we wanted to get this product out there. And so, you know, the small red straw that you have to attach to the can was available for us to get going. But we do make it available if somebody prefers one over the other. Uh, but, the, you know, the smart straw seems to be, you know, the can of choice. But there's no difference in the product. Uh, it was just kind of think of it as a progression. We wanted to get the product out and get the company, get the name out uh, and start providing a solution. Because, you know, honestly, and, and I did want to add that, you know, if different fuels make it worse alcohol you know actually makes it worse and so depending on what type of racing i mean this this expands way beyond gary's and my core what we're passionate about which is in drag racing i mean it it any high performance engine you know whether it's motorcycles or flat track dirt track sprint cars i mean you name it any any high performance engine that you want to protect whether it's short-term storage or long-term storage this 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 is why we built this product so on the uh, on the on the nozzle thing, by the way, our first uh, thirty thousand cans were split 50-50. Our second forty thousand cans that came in are now all the smart straw. So the people are from here on out. When we weed out the remaining red straws, they'll be having uh, the smart straw on all the cans. Well, like I say, we got people, and maybe they, they may be a part of your uh, your your organization, but. I love that we got people already asking, well, where can you get a can? Because what I've got right now, I'm not happy with. I'd like to get a can of it. And, uh, you know, TH, Trevor Holmes, Holmeser, 
as I already said, hey, go to foggit.com and you can sign up and get on the email list and save 10%, guys. So uh, if you're watching and paying attention, um, that's how you're going to get in contact with these folks and, and get more information as well as to be able to have access to the, pro to the product, which I'm sure that if they dig a little deeper, they may find out that there's maybe some high-performance stores in their area that may already be carrying it too. So uh, if, if you want to address that part of the questions. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, I mean, right now it's available, as you said, at, at, at foggit.com, it's available directly to consumers. We also, since we launched it in NHRA Drag Racing, we have a Foggit representative with product at every divisional race for all seven divisions. And we actually um, have a program where we're participating in the contingency. So if you race and you use Foggit, you win. Uh, we pay you. And so right now for NHRA racers, they can get it at all the division races directly from that representative. Um, we also have uh, a presence, you know, on the marketplace through EDO, EDO distribution, uh, where you can buy it directly from that distributor and you can buy it directly on the Amazon marketplace. So you can buy it from us directly at foga.com. You can buy it from Amazon. Uh, and we're we're going to continue to expand our distribution. Uh, as you know, Jeff, it, you know this is kind of a small businesses when you start it. You know, it's a little bit like a family. And at the same time, we want to give the consumer a real value. So we right. felt like starting with the consumer, getting the product in use, getting getting people to see it, that it's very simple. I mean, it takes two minutes at the end before you put it in the trailer. Just open up the throttle body, spin the motor over the ignition off, spray it down for 10 seconds and put the thing away. And so we really wanted to start at the consumer level before we kind of, you know, take baby steps before we jump into, you know, a lot larger distribution and into retail. Does that make sense? It does. And I'd like to add, because again, we've got, we got, we got people that are paying attention and, and wanting to make sure that they're doing this right. Uh, James Reeves says he's been using the, uh, you know, BP Racing Fuel M5, which is a very corrosive fuel uh, in their high-dollar JR Dragster motor. And, you know, they race about every other week. So after they get through racing, they drain the oil and they leave the drain plug open until the next race. They were figuring that the uh, crankcase can get fresh air and dry out. We've also been spraying some fog in the carburetor, you know, taking the plugs out and spraying it and, and the holes. Are we doing this correctly? Is that is that sound yeah. the correct yeah, so way basically um it's if you just get it in the cylinder somehow whether you go through the spark plug hole or down the intake system or even uh like when we take engines off the dyno that we're going to create up and ship across the united states we you can bump the engine over till the exhaust valve is open and then you get a real nice picture you can look in there with a flashlight and spray the fog it so you can do it any way you can get it in the cylinder is 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 good um but yeah, airing the engine out like he's doing, draining the oil and letting that drain plug stay, that helps. Anything you can keep it from trapped in. And as uh, as Steve was saying a minute ago, like these guys put these cars away hot in the trailer and the trailer mm -hmm. is like a sweat box. That's the worst thing you can do. Um, I, I try to explain to people that really don't grasp this, but I call it the iced tea glass effect. If you have a glass of iced tea, no matter where you live and what the humidity is, it sweats on the outside. It's colder inside the glass than it is on the outside. So imagine a cylinder in your engine. You just drove this race car. Well, however many laps at a at an oval track race or a drag race, it's hot. It's two hundred degrees. Cylinder temperatures at least 
4,000 degrees and you drive it into the trailer, shut it off and get out. And then you shut the doors on the trailer to go eat. We won the race. We're going to go celebrate, whatever. And that thing sits there and sweats. This time it's cooling off from the outside and the cylinder's hot. It sweats on the inside of the liner, not on the outside. So you really need to, to, to try to take care of your investment. Like you say, engines are anywhere from 30000 to $130,000. And so by getting it in either through an intake system, um, we got guys that prefer to do it with the engine running. So we'll address that for a moment. If you're going to spray it down through the induction system with the engine running, it works pretty well. It, uh, it is going to burn some of that off, but and it, it will coat everything, but it's not quite as well as if you just shut the engine off don't do not turn on the ignition just wh whether you have a switch or a coil wire whatever you got to do and hold the throttle open and spray it in there while spinning the engine over um third is if you can access the spark plugs easily a lot of the nhra guys have actually warm-up plugs and so they change plugs day and night anyway so you can go through the spark plug hole or like i said if you're pulling them off the dyno for the shop owners you got the headers off anyway or if you're going to put your race car away for the winter or you have a spare motor on the floor of the trailer in the shop you can go right through the exhaust port, and that's a great place. Yep. The only thing I would add, Jeff, is that okay. you know some of the stock eliminator and super stock, they do have some restrictions on manifolds, so they do a dual-plane manifold. We suggest that you take the spark plugs out for a dual-plane manifold, put it directly in the cylinders, because I know we've had some questions for some stocker guys. Just put it straight into the cylinders, put plugs back in, spin the motor over, you're good to go. Yep. And so what, so what you're advocating is don't worry about trying to get to, to, to beer 30. You need to take care of your, yeah. your vehicle when the race is over. That's when it's the most efficient. No, don't wait till the next morning. You've already allowed stuff to start a process in there. And, and now, and if you do not do it, okay, if you don't do it right, is it too late to come out the next morning no. and, and spray it down? No. Hey, I don't it's just, not, it's just not quite as effective. Exactly. You've already let the rust start. But uh, right. I don't know how many people watched the Lake Speed uh, engine on YouTube. That was a great, great 45-minute video. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. You'll learn a lot about everything. But they took Lake Speed Senior's 20-year-old NASCAR engine. They had two of them. They dynoed one without doing anything to it. It was way down on power. So they took the second one, and they put a, a bore scope in it, and they showed the rust on the cylinder wall. And then they sprayed Foggit, our brand of Foggit, in it. And they let it sit for a week and turn it over. They put it back on the same dyno that they dynoed it 20 years ago, the same dyno operator. It made not only the same horsepower it made 20 years earlier, it made one more horsepower and three more inches of vacuum. So the fog, it actually dissolved the rust. Obviously, I mean, we're not stupid here. It had to consume it. It went up and down. But once they got it flushed out and at the end of the deal, when they pulled the engine apart, you could see the stain in the bore. But they actually ran a profilometer and it looked pretty good. The home was good. There was voids mm -hmm. where the rust ate away some of the material, but it was, it was, and then, then they took it to uh, Greg Anderson and had him hone it. And it actually took only six, seven tenths to clean it up. So it was a great surprise. And it was funny because uh, Lake Speed Jr. kept holding the can up going, this stuff is a miracle. So yes, you can do it afterwards. <laughs> you can save a 20 year old engine. Well, it's good to know right there. <clears throat> we also had a, a question about, you know, more like the street version type guys and 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 some of their personal cars, you know, running that E85 stuff, which is especially prone to rust. Uh, is is there 
a reason to do, use a fuel additive that would be a bonus to help some of this stuff right here. Again, that's kind of like out of my league right there. I think anytime you can add a, a, a fuel additive, you know, it's, it's good for your engine, but does it really help solve some of the rust issues? It does. So let's touch on that for a second. That's a great question because um, people would say like, okay, you guys are telling me we have all this rust. How come my streetcar doesn't rust? And that's because in, in the pump gas, unleaded fuel, and in, in passenger car motor oil, those have antioxidants already in them for this very purpose. Mm -hmm. That's why you don't see that in your streetcar and you let the streetcar set out in a driveway for weeks or months in cold climates. So when you move to the racing, I like to tell this story about um, starting with the race engines back in the 70s. Why is this problem, problem more prevalent today than it was in the 70s and 80s? Well, back then, if you remember, the engine blocks were not aftermarket bow tie blocks or dart blocks or whatever. They were stock blocks. They didn't stay around very long. And uh, in the drag racing world, anyway, we ran two ring pistons. It was very common um, in 1980 when I started building the first one, you'd pull the head off and there'd be oil on top of the piston. So what I, I like to call those older engines self-oilers. They, they, you didn't have a rust problem. Everything was coated in oil. And the oils we ran back then were actually uh, still had antioxidants in them and paraffin wax. And they were basically, uh, you know, a modified street oil. And uh, so as time went by over the years, um, you know, Steve Burns is at fault for this by making VP fuel with the hydrocarbons. And he, it was very, very dry, right? So we got dry fuel. We got, we got uh, racing, dedicated racing oils. And there's about a million of those. You know that, Jeff. There's a thousand of different racing oils. And they put all kinds of funny chemicals in to do things, right? So, I mean, there's been some oils out there that guys put in and made one run. And the next day, the crankshaft was rusted. So you have all these new oils and all these race fuels. And now we got diamond home blocks, good blocks. We got total seal piston rings that cost $2,000 a set. And we had the vacuum pumps. We have very dry cylinders. And now we have rust. So we're going to fix it with volume. Yeah, that pretty much gives you a great idea of, of uh, how much you believe in what you have developed. Yeah. Um, I think it's, uh, I got to share this with us because, again, if you're not keeping up with some of the uh, chat questions, uh, James says, hey, he lives in the harsh weather climate. In the fall, I put it, put it, I put it in my lawnmower, power washer, track scooter, motorhome, generator, motorhome generator, excuse me, and my ex-wife's coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I like that guy. <laughs> you know, I like him a lot. I think, I think he's creative. I think he's creative. Well, you, I, I share that because I actually use it in my Mount West here, but I, I use it in my weed eater because those things never want to start. And I'll tell you what, mm -hmm. as part of, you know, just a personal testimony, it, this stuff really does work. So, um, and I, we're pretty proud of it, obviously, but at the same time, you know, if it didn't work and we didn't use it in our own products, I mean, that's, that's one of the things I, I like about the fact that Gary and I developed this, it's authentic because, you know, it's a couple of racers that solved a problem and are trying to provide a really good product for the racing community. I mean, that's, that's why we're doing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's one of the things I had written down when I started looking at it and thinking about it, for my own personal use is, you know, my motorcycle, but, you know, I, I run a farm and I've got yeah. a lot of pieces of equipment that, you know, we use, and then all of a sudden we don't use it for a month 
Yeah. You know, because it's it's not necessary. You know, I'm saying that tractor is not going to be used or this right. you know, particular, particular engine is not going to be used. And I'll go one step further. I have a 1928 Model A Roaster pickup that didn't get driven a lot. And, right. you know, I'm looking for something to, you know, make sure it doesn't get, you know, rust in the cylinders and everything. So this kind of product, and I'm going to go another step further. A lot of people, you know, do honey. And, you know, you're looking for, you know, gun oil or something to spray something down so you don't get surface rust on the outside of your gun, just like on the inside of it or firearm. So to me, you know, it, it, your your product covers a lot of bases, I think, uh, by being universal. Am I wrong? So, so I get calls every day. It's fun. It's really been a fun ride because people call every day. And as, as either, I guess it's either being men or racers. We want to try to fix everything or or make something better or take something that doesn't belong, make it fit over here, right? So these guys are calling me and going, man, that's the best bug and tar remover I've ever used. <laughs> or, you know, you hear stories about the tractor. A 95-year-old guy's tractor had set for 10 years and his son went over to get it running so they could mow around it and it was locked up. And uh, he called me, he says, this fog it really work? I said, I, it does. So he put it in all the cylinders and they tried to turn it over with a wrench. It wouldn't turn over. They waited a while. They went and got a new battery for it, and they went back, and they wanted just to see if it would even turn over. It started and ran. And I got another guy from Louisiana with a diesel. It runs a big diesel repair shop in, right. in South Louisiana. Same thing. It had a big diesel truck engine. It would not turn over. They fogged it. It started and ran. Um, but, yeah, the jet. The, my neighbor down the street with a jet ski came down, and he said, hey, a race car guy. My jet ski won't start. And I said, did you take spark plugs out? He said, yeah, they're all rusty. I said, you think that's the only thing that's rusty in there? So uh, he sprayed Foggit in it, and we and I gave him a compression gauge and a can of Foggit. And it had less than 20 or 30 pounds, and it got back up to 170. Now, I'm not advocating that it's going to save every engine out there. But definitely, it, it's done more than we expected because uh, the gun crowd, uh, we start, the, the, the racers go home, and they start cleaning their guns with it. And they're calling me up going, I thought it was clean. The rag had come off clean with my other product. So um, they're using it on the guns and it's selling like crazy for that. And like, like Steve said earlier, you got from weed eaters to lawnmowers to jet skis to snowmobiles, motorcycles, Model Ts, Model As. I mean, if it has a cylinder, I even had a guy ask me about some of his equipment that sat around with hydraulic rams. What if he disconnected the line and sprayed some of that in there? Yes, the answer is yes. It's an, an excellent rust prohibitor. And it has clean factor, as Steve addressed earlier. That was a big, big thing with our chemical engineers is getting the clean factor right so it stays put. Well, it's a shame we didn't. We're rolling tape right about then because I think it would make a great commercial <laughs> because it stays put. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that's the key. I mean, again, uh, everybody talks about products, how it clings to something that's been polished. And your product does that. It does. I mean, when you polish inside of a cylinder, if it doesn't bond to it or it doesn't get where it sticks there, rust rust going to is going to make sure it gets started. About yeah. a year ago, I surprised myself. A guy came in the shop and I was showing it to him and we just had launched it. And I grabbed a piece of glass and I sprayed it on there and I sprayed WD-40 beside it. I'm sorry, I, I, I sprayed a water displacement product beside it. And the, the water displacement product ran down and ours stayed put. So I just laid the glass over there. And three days later, I come back and it, ours is still stuck on the glass right where we sprayed it. And I'm like, this stuff is exactly what we what we planned on. So, 
Wow. Um, hey, we got some pictures to show. The, the- I was I was getting ready to make a comment about two things. And number one, folks, you know, if if you've got any questions about how to get hold of Fallgate or anything like that, make sure you go. Your portrait's got on their website. You know, they can tell you how to get in touch with the right people. Uh, Trevor was kind enough to put up the Lake Speed Junior video. Uh, so if you get an opportunity, take and check it out. I was looking on on site. And I seen uh, I didn't get a chance to go through it, but I'm gonna go back and look at it. But I saw where uh, Lake Speed Junior was, you know, doing that was on your website, and I'm really looking forward to seeing it because I mean I think that guy's pretty cool. He's pretty smart and he's, a uh, he's got a good racing background. Yes, he is. I mean he knows how to take something that some people can be perceive as being boring. He can make it interesting and and make it exciting. And I think that's something that is uh, he's got a very unique talent, you know, with. So if you got some pictures, yeah, show us what's going on here. Okay, I'll explain these. The one on the right is a cylinder that had, the the engine had rusted on multiple occasions, as you guys can see. Um, You can see all the different times the piston stopped and it had moisture in it and then it started back up and ran. And that's what we see a lot of when when I tear down an engine to hone and you can tell this guy has not ever considered using any kind of fogging agent at all. And so even if you hone that and uh, the naked eye says it looks good, those, those dark places in there, those are now uh, iron that is missing. That ring will never seal as good or have as much vacuum as a, as a fresh cylinder. So even the guys that think, well, I don't have rust. Well, you did have rust. The one on the left to me is uh, where it, the guy fogged it, but he just used a household lubricant. It just ran in the spark plug hole and it just ran down the cylinder. And the rust around the top ring and the second ring land there, that's pretty standard for a guy that that doesn't live in a real um, damp climate. And he races quite often, but it still will rust around the top. So those are just a couple of examples. We have uh, hundreds of these photos of all different kinds. I've got some where a guy broke a crankshaft in Ohio and put the engine uh, in a crate, sent it to me. And when I got it, the entire cylinder was solid rust from top to bottom because it was such a humid climate when he yeah. put it away hot, like we talked about. You know, then, Jeff, it's it's surprising how fast this starts. And I, I have some pictures. A friend of mine pushed a head gasket and we took the motor the next day. It was in my shop, climate controlled with a heater, took the cylinder heads off, and uh, it had pushed a head gasket between a couple of cylinders, but all eight cylinders, you could see a very light starting of surface rust. One day, out of the card well, the day before in my shop, you know, and and you could see where it's already starting to form that surface rust that quickly. Yep. Hypothetically, and again, I know it's not; it can't be an exact science unless you've done a study on it. So that's the reason I'm putting it like in this kind of context. But hypothetically, when we look at something like that. How much horsepower, you know, could it, could this early rusting like this, how much could it, could it rob uh, out, you know, out of your engine? If you got the one on the left, if he, you know, had done it correctly, you know, you know, what, what did he kind of expect to lose? And the one on the right, I mean, I'm surprised that some kind of putting blowing black smoke out the darn exhaust. What the, what we see on the, the cylinder, like on the right is with the blow by meter um, as well, I, I shouldn't assume everybody knows uh, with a blow-by meter on a dynamometer, you should see around two CFM of blow-by is acceptable. Two to three is acceptable. Below two is really good. 
we've had plenty of those on there where the guy says, I want to dyno this engine before we took it apart. And uh, a great example would be Joe Costello's Pontiac. It had set for 15 or 20 years and we're, we're in the process of rebuilding it. And he said, well, let's dyno it first. So put it on there. And at lower RPMs, the blow-by was, you know, four or five CFM. But as soon as we went full throttle, that blow-by meter went clear out the top, 10, 11, 12. I mean, and it eventually blew oil out the lifter valley. I mean, it, it just couldn't hold it. So that's what you see. The guys with vacuum pumps, they don't see that. What they do notice is they used to have 15 or 18 inches of vacuum. Now they got seven or 10 or whatever. And I've, I've actually gotten some clients over the years that brought me a different brand of engine that they've been running. And, and they'd heard me talk about vacuum in my car and, and they would have, well, I only have three or four inches and we'd rehone their block and do anything. And, and suddenly we got 20 inches of vacuum. So it's really, the engine will run and you can race, but you're going to be down 20 horsepower easy, if not more. Yeah. And, uh, and, and by the way, before I forget, another place you can purchase this fog is at Total Seal Piston Rings. So. Yep. I, the one thing I would add to what Gary said is that it's that while the horsepower that you're going to lose when the rings start to wear, wear out too early is going to be different depending on the motor. I mean, obviously, okay. if it's a 350 inch motor, and but but I did want to point this out. We the the money we spend on on not only the pistons but the piston rings are so expensive now that you, what you really do see. Once Gary and I start using this, and most of my engines are about 17, 18 inches of vacuum, is that by the end of the season, they're still at the same vacuum. So what it really does, it's it just extends the life of those, you know, $1,500 set of piston rings. And, you know, and in stock eliminator where, I mean, it takes a day, even a good engine builder to, to file the rings when you've got all the different expanders and the you know, the, the different, it's not just one ring. It's a combination of spacers and rings and, you know, very small, thin rings, and they're very susceptible to wear, right? So you want to try to keep that ring running at its peak performance. So that's my point. It, it, it really extends that life. We got another question from James, and he'd like to say, he wants to know, have you ever noticed an odd color in the exhaust pipe when you're using fogging? I have not. In fact, um, some of the guys have been a little bit concerned because the ones that were previously fogging with marine fogging oils said they'd spray it in and it'd be billows of smoke come out the headers. And they said, we don't see very much with yours. And that, that made them a little nervous because they were used to that massive amount of smoke. So, no, I, I haven't noticed that at all. And the one thing that we have missed here and every one of us, when we are, are assembling engines, we all know what happens when it comes out of that power washer. Within a matter of seconds, you start seeing that life surface rust. Remember that? And we all use whatever our concoction is to get some kind of lubricant. You know, that bare cast iron will attract moisture and you'll see the surface rust. I'm telling, I mean, I just put my daughter's super, her stock eliminator motor together. And I was telling Gary, I could not believe after I got it out of the jet wash, I sprayed it down with Foggit. So one of the questions was, can you use it? It is absolutely one of the best things you can put in a bare block before assembly. And in fact, we're actually coming out with a Foggit assembly cleaner. It's a, it, it, it is amazing, whether it's on machinery, when you just spray it down and wipe it with a rag, the rust comes right off. I mean, th this stuff is beyond just protecting your engine. It really does have a more universal application. Yeah, let me expand on that too, because uh, I run a machine shop. 
and uh, Raymond Bronze Valve Guides for years has been a little bit of a struggle. And there's a, several different products. And one day I thought, I'll just try Fog It. And the reamer went right through. So now I got machine shops using it for Raymond Bronze Valve Guides and, and cutting hardened seats. And, and in Kansas, when we cut valve seats, if they're ductile iron seats, you better put something on them or the next day you come in and your work is wasted. They're all rusted. So the moment you get done cutting valve seats, you just mist fog it across the whole head. And think about it, if you're going to store blocks and cranks and, and heads, you, you put fog it on it. And uh, I just had an, a, a, an equipment manufacturer call me and say, can I buy this in bulk? Sure, we have five-gallon pails. He wants to put it in a garden sprayer and go out into his warehouse and all the machine shop equipment he sells, he wants to mist it on all of that too. So yeah, there's a lot of uses for it um, to prevent rust and corrosion on anything. Well, it looks like we got some, again, more positive, you know, responses is the fact that, you know, uh, a lot of these engine guys are paying five to $10,000 for 10 horsepower. So this, they say, is much cheaper way to go. And another James says, he said he can't wait for the assembly cleaner. Uh, you, they need it desperately and they're tired of making their own. So you guys, uh, I guess your mad scientists are uh, going to work again to, to make some assembly lube now that's incorporating some of the chemicals you have discovered in Foggy. Yes. In fact, um, for the time being, go ahead and clean your cylinder walls with fog. Clean them with whatever you've been doing. And then I, I, I dare you to make a test. And when you're done cleaning what you thought was clean, spray them with fog and wipe them out again. And the rag will come back dirty. Yep. The challenge is on. Gentlemen, it's really been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, I think you maybe have opened a lot of eyes. And I know there's been a lot of interest today. So uh, good luck. And again, I, I appreciate the education and uh, I will tell you this much. I am going to be ordering me some. Thank you very much. That is awesome. <laughs> well, th thank you, Gary. Thank you, Steve. Great webinar. Uh, this webinar has been recorded. It will be posted later on the ePortrait platform. We also pushed Fogit's product back on the homepage of ePortrait. So please take advantage of it. Uh, we will be distributing this webinar through our newsletter series, through our social media channels as well. And our next session will be next week on Wednesday with uh, Race Chicks. We're going to be talking women motorsports and driver safety. So thank you very much for being with us. Please use the ePortrait platform. It's open. It's right there. It's for you. Thank you very much. And let's go racing. Bye-bye. Hey, great to see you guys. Thanks. ePortrait is a digital platform that we've created basically to make life easier in the business community of auto racing. ePortrait, there is no e-commerce. It's literally a connection just like at a trade show. So now, any time of the year, a buyer could reach out to a supplier. When you see a product that you're interested in, all you need to do is click on the request more information and then from there it is forwarded directly to the buyer or to the supplier. ePartrade really eliminates having to travel, closing down your shop. Now you have a place to showcase globally your racing product and technology. Land speed record holder George Poteet's speed demon rocketed 481 miles per hour at the Bonneville Salt Flats. You don't go that fast without ARP fasteners. There is no way that we could go the speed that we've gone, the number of times we've gone, with a lesser quality bolt than ARP supplies to us. And we absolutely wouldn't be where we were today if it weren't for ARP. When failure is not an option, it's ARP-Bolts.com. Yeah. <laughs>
We're Performance Plus Global Logistics. Our team of dedicated performance industry and logistics experts get valuable cars and components to the track on time in top condition. We provide expedited logistics solutions for the performance industry using direct routes instead of deferred options and communicate all necessary information to the appropriate resources to meet regulations and ensure a smooth transit and secure delivery, both domestically and internationally. And we exceed customer expectations by providing best-in-class service with an efficient and cost-effective system in place. Contact us today to book your next shipment. You work as hard as your truck, and you have no time for downtime. That's why more truck owners trust Blue Def, America's number one diesel exhaust fluid brand. Each batch is guaranteed pure, so you can avoid costly repairs caused by inferior DEF. Demand America's best for your truck with Blue Def and Blue Def Platinum. Put trust in your truck. My name is Shadron Sisson. I'm one of the owners of Electrified Garage. So the Shop Monkey software is great since we have the multiple locations. We can dive into each other's location and help out with appointment taking, inventory, customer communication. I can jump in to Florida and help out and make an appointment down there and vice versa. They can make appointments down there for us up here. And then by using our inventory, they can see if we have the parts and they can get the parts ordered before the customer even comes up here.